Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Matchball Podcast with Levi Solicitors. Ten percent off your legal fees if you mention us uh, and you go through us when you get sorted out with Levi's. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan with me, Michael Normanton. Hello. Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. When you say go through us, do you mean go th- like Luke Hayling's foot goes through a, a football, a mitre size five, and hammers it into the roof of the net? Precisely what I meant. I want to turn to you first though, Michael, please, because you are the negatron when it comes to uh, promotion. Uh, we are top of the league. Have you noticed this? It's laying. And the table is laying. Seven point gap now to third. It is It is quite good, got to say. It feels a bit like, a bit too good though, doesn't it? Like all the all the other games are going for us as well. He was most comfortable as we were driving here. I looked at um, Sofa score and they had for some reason not updated our score on the table. So we were still second. And I had a moment of like, <gasps> they haven't, they haven't, West Brom haven't scored or something, have they? Um, and I think... In that little moment, Michael was the happiest he's been all day. <laughs> we were no, back down to second. I am very happy, and I was very happy with how today went. For all the fact I am a very nervous and um, damaged individual <laughs> when it comes to Leeds, that was very comfortable, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, there, was no, there was no clinging on. There was nothing. They were shit. Yeah. We were really good. And this, this is what the fixtures tend to indicate, and the table as well. When you play games against teams that are that low down, it's because they're not that good. But the thing is, it's meant to be Yorkshire Derby, isn't it? And it's it's their cup final and all that. And But as, as games against Huddersfield go, leaving aside the slightly bizarre um, McDermott game when we, we'd beaten 5-1, mm. that's as relaxed as it's been in a long while, I feel. Like, mm. we, we, there, was an, there was a clear golfing class right from the start. And then they just, I don't know, they didn't even get a chance to do any of their shithousing stuff because we were in the lead after a, a couple of minutes and it was they were just had to actually try and press us and score a goal which they'd never really look capable of doing it never really felt like a derby match did it it never got the the atmosphere really going into that sense because um, I think Luke Ayling scored too early I know we've been waiting all season for Leeds to start scoring early goals and it does seem now that we've got this knack and it's probably the biggest difference um, to what's been happening from the, the earlier part of the season when we were getting into the second half of games and trying to get a goal to put us ahead and get the win is that if we've suddenly got this knack of, of scoring in the first two, four minutes, um, it suddenly makes everything a lot easier. And I think if we keep doing that, we're going to get promoted. Doing it in both halves is great as well. That's mm. the thing. Just Same as Hull. Exactly. Exactly the same thing. You, you let them get into the dressing room, have a team talk, reorganise, set out the plans of how they're going to they're gonna overturn it in the second half and straight away you go, nope, <laughs> do something different. I find a different plan. I think that early goal today, much like it was with Hall, as soon as that went in, I thought, right, we're winning this. Yeah. And what a goal. Let's give let's give Luke Ayling some credit. It was I mean, which was better though, the goal or the celebration? 
Oh, the celebration. I've seen the replays since, um, and whoever the the director of the, the match footage was, you fool, you are the villain of the week, for, as far as I'm concerned. If Luke Ayling is running to the side of the pitch and he's whipped his Alice band off and the the hair is flowing like the, the glorious mane that it is. It was, a bobble, it was a bobble, isn't it? Well, whichever. Don't cut to the crowd. Nobody wants to see the crowd in that situation. You need to keep that camera on him at all times. But you've got, you've got to remember there's a nine o'clock watershed. If you can... I mean, no, you can't start putting something that erotic they should have uh, during the afternoon on a Saturday. They should have patched it through to Grandstand, which I assume is still on on a Saturday afternoon. Just like, <laughs> we cut live to Elland Road because you have to see this. It was it was fantastic. And I don't know if it... I can't remember if it's on the footage, but he... Uh, so he slid to his knees and then he was in front of the West Stand um, miming air guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was a Bon Jovi uh, reference or something like that? It, it did look the other. It was one of those celebrations where the players seemed to know what it was all about. Um, so I don't know if there has been some references to him looking like a. Um, does he look like it's that hair Bon Jovi? I feel it, it maybe a little bit more. I mean, it's eighties hair metal, isn't it? Whichever way you dress it up, when when he lets those flowing locks yeah, down, definitely of the soft rock type. Yeah, a little like Michael Bolton. Would be uh, Kenny G. Yeah, yes, he was. It was. He was playing uh, references for the uh, the younger listeners here. <laughs> air guitar, not air saxophone. <laughs> hey, kids, if you want to hear some uh, some real hot music, do look up Kenny G on uh, YouTube. You'll be in for an absolute treat. Don't, don't knock the idea of having a nice bath, turning the lights down low, getting some candles lit, maybe get some Kenny G there on uh, on Spotify. And then it's a big enough bath that Luke Ayling slips in there with you. <laughs> like uh, the young Curtis Steigers. And again, another hot cultural <laughs> reference there for the youth. Um, I think we've probably said enough about the celebration. Should we talk about the actual goal? Because he fair old twatted that in. Uh, somebody, one of my mates, texted me earlier on and said, I think goals that get smashed in off the bar like that should count double. Well, mm. my advice, once again, kicking it hard. <laughs> kicking it very hard towards the goal. I don't believe you've discussed the technique specifically of how to achieve it when both your feet are off the ground. <laughs> yeah, that's really difficult as well. <laughs> that's why he has no right to score it. He's, he's a right back, for Christ's sake. His goal the other week against Hull... That's the sort of goal a right-back can score, like a, a shitty deflection or like scrambling in off a corner. That's a right-back's goal. This is... Van Basten would have been proud of this one. Mm-hmm. Or Van Persie. Or Van Persie, Moscow. The, yes, famous, the famous former Arsenal player. Or Zlatan Ibrahimovic, your other, one of your other fav- favourite players. <laughs> what a lovely day. And doesn't it feel to you, does it feel to you like there's a little something happening, a little something's growing, the atmosphere's changing, there's a, there's a belief now starting to underpin things? The, the points gap is growing. <laughs> that's what it is. That's that's what all the feeling is. Everyone else can't win, and it's great. There was a very cautious, um, I think I wrote it down, I can't remember exactly what time it was, like 70 minutes in the game. There was some uh, pump it up coming from the cop, but you could also tell it wasn't really catching on. So I think there was a little bit, of, there's still that element of people going, no, not yet, save it for save it for the Charlton game. Save, actually save it after the Charlton game. Um but it's just it was just creeping in and the walk um up from Elland Road to the the distant valley where Michael had parked his car. Um, where where are you parking? Just get to give me context here. It's opposite the park in Holbeck. Yeah. Not uh, very far at all. I mean it felt far. But it was a fun walk. It was fine because everybody um was just walking crowds of people in the middle of the road, not worrying about cars, singing songs. Um, about Leeds going to the Premier League and Huddersfield going down, mm. which is the real pleasure of today as well, is that not only could we uh, 
with single barrels going up but single barrels and going down as well. My only concern is looking at Sheffield Wednesday's score, which obviously is not a concern because it's hilarious, um, that there are too many teams going to end up below Huddersfield um, through points deductions and Gary Monk being their manager. I mean, it is going to be a, a disappointing weekend for the Huddersfield fans, but don't forget it is Croft this weekend as well. So there's a little something to temper the disappointment there. Yes. We've not done many. Uh, we've been quite restrained. Yeah. Kept on, on a leash, it. if you like. Yeah, there you go. But because uh, because I think it's it's better to concentrate on... Actually, no, let's slag into them. Uh, Cowley <laughs> before the game, I thought this was, um, <laughs> this was very funny. He started going on about... Um, uh, about Leeds oh their movement is outstanding and they're the best in the league in terms of counter runs and double movements and the penetrative nature of their movement and their rotation and ability to empty and fill up space that's, word, like, that's word soup isn't it mate that is word soup he's just saying words there he's basically just going like I know what Bielsa does yeah. and the, the uh, he got the full would he not say we because him and his brother are one they're never, they're never seen separately are they no they are because uh, and this happened um, in the away game as well he got the full uh, Bielsa didn't just talk to him at the end of the game he got Corbin in to translate as well because obviously the message was very important and there's a, everybody's got their hands on their shoulders and this big conversation where he's telling no no Huddersfield up, so, up the league so you'll see there's the working group of dogs and then, uh, <laughs> they will do the working group then the winner from that is chosen and then they will bring no? no I think it was Bielsa talking to, to Cowley not Cowley the other way around oh sorry um but yeah, he was talking to the uh, the senior one, and then the the little one was just kind of like coming in from the side, like, "Oh, is it, what what are you talking about?" I see there's two of you from that side. Can I come and no? <laughs> it's like uh, they're a oh, they're a funny pair of idiots. He <laughs> did think... refer to them as underdogs, didn't he? In the in the in the pre match as well, which was which was very good of him. <laughs> He's said doing that, the work for us. He has said to be fair to uh, to Danny. He said afterwards that Leeds are the best team in the division by miles, and Bielsa is a genius. So, That'll go down well with the Huddersfield fans. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Good lads. Whichever one of them it is. <laughs> well done, that Cowley. Asked. I, I hope they have a nice time in their bunk bed this evening anyway. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me. Yes, so... Um, we've, got, not, we've not really done justice to Luke Hayling's goal yet, have we? No. Let's try and talk about it, because it is fun having cheap shots at Huddersfield mm. for having a sexual attraction to dogs. And Ailings was a very expensive shot. It was worth a lot, that goal, I felt. I'm saving you from another dog joke. I'm trying right. to raise the tone. I'm just kind of inquisitive as to what you mean by that. What do you mean it was, it was expensive? Well, you have some cheap shots and then you have two feet off the floor volleying it in off the crossbar yeah. and it's worth millions. Some of the stuff we did today, I mean, all right, we're moving on from Ailings goal again brilliantly, but did you see Jackie Harrison dribbling like... Maradona through the middle of the of the D into the penalty area and it was 30 seconds after Pablo Hernandez had just nutmegged somebody in the box and has a shot that gets blocked it comes to Harrison and there's about six players around him so he says right I'm just going to run dribble through them all um, and have a shot which got blocked again because I think at this point they had four players on the, the line of the six yard box in front of their goalkeeper and then it came back out and it came to Harrison again who pinged it off the crossbar it's like the, there was a lot like the the whole game in this that we got the early goal bit of a grind in the first half never really sparked into proper life and then second half get another one and then just batter them batter them for 15 minutes it was fun wasn't it it was it's fun when this happens I like it I, I don't I can, know what else to say I can even accept it was missing loads of chances when we were winning 2-0 because it's fine because you don't feel that same anxiety and anger at the fact we're failing to finish chances off you're just like oh well I'm just glad they've not got the ball as long as we keep doing this, 
that's fine too. Mm. I did find in the run-up to this game that I woke up this morning quite early, horribly anxious about the whole thing, proper knot in my stomach and, and all that sort of stuff. But it started to settle down a little bit when the um, the Fulham game kicked off Bristol City. Um, and then... Did you watch that? Oh, yes. With a Fulham shit? Yes. I it, didn't watch it. It was a terrible game. They, 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 I mean, they, they looked the better side in terms of quality, but it never looked like a side that was pushing for the top two. When you contrast how we've played all season, really... Um, we're, we're, we're playing it's like speaking a different language is what it is it's it's just completely different standard of football I mean I think uh, Fulham's challenge now is staying in the playoffs isn't it well, I hope so for their sake well I mean let's not get too cocky about it for God's sake but. the strange thing is when because other teams are losing because West Brom and, and Fulham are dropping points and Brentford have won today they've gone up the table and all of a sudden I've gone oh I need to be careful for Brentford they've not closed the gap because we've won as well. It just yeah. feels like it feels like they're moving with, in on us again somehow. With one less game to play. I've done the that's math, fine, isn't I've it? I've done the maths on it. It's a 21-point swing we need on Fulham over nine games now. So if we, for example, uh, if they drop 10 points, we only need 11 to get promoted. Um, that kind of thing. So if they drop five points, we need 16 kind of thing. So whichever way you address that combination of points, Lem lost and us gained up, then we go up and it's a 17-point swing on the teams below like Brentford. I don't know why you're talking about us dropping points when we're going to win every game between now and the season. It's uh, crazy just to, talk to bit, me. Just had a bit of excitement. I'm, I'm sick of winning, to be honest. Famous last words, I hope. <laughs> I mean, how many have we won? It's like about four, isn't it? It's not actually that That's, many. That bloke on Radio Leeds, he, he, was, he must be furious today. He was desperate for us to lose momentum and drop out of the playoffs and How then come we... strong for the playoffs, wasn't was it? Was it Brian? It was Brian. Remember. How are we ever going to build any up? Yeah, we've run one five in a row, unbeaten in six. I bad, mean, bad news. Yeah. What is... we do, we've scored, what, nine goals in five games and not conceded a single one. Worst thing that could have ever happened, all this, isn't it? I mean, this is great. I mean, one thing I became aware of this, this last week, we're living through history at the minute. It feels like we're living through history and I think that is now starting to ground itself in reality in the stadium a little bit. That's what I meant about, you know, that, that feeling that something's just happening. That this one, it's starting to feel like it is a special season and there is still a lot of football to play. But don't you just get that little fuzzy feeling now? I, it's hard to say if it's that or anxiety. <laughs> it's something. I've, I feel something, which is good. It's preferable to feeling nothing, which is what I'm used to feeling at this point in the season. I think it has... When I was talking about there being the the four players on the the six yard line for Huddersfield blocking all our shots, that's what's different about us missing chances a little bit. One, we've got the goals in the bank. Two, I think we're starting to recognise now that I don't think there were any outrageous misses today. There wasn't one that we could moan out like the click one against Millwall. We oh, come on, how's that ended up in the top of the cup? There's a lot of um, I mean in that that run of uh, of fantastic play from Pablo. You know, it's a shot on target blocks and then Harrison has a, sh- uh, a shot on target and then hits the bar. None of that is like fluffing it. None of that's making a, like making mistakes. It's just... The dog's dinner, you might say. We've absolutely penned, kenneled or kettled. I think... You, oh, I, I can't be bothered with the dog joke. We've just absolutely kept Huddersfield so back against their own goal um, that we just pepper them. It's like a, It's like when you line... Um, people up and they all have to bend over and you crack a ball at them. <laughs> I wondered where, where that was going. We've all seen it happen. Um, it, it's just like that's what teams are coming to Ellen Road and doing. They're just letting us boot the ball really hard at their backsides um, until one of them falls over and the ball goes through them into the net. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Great to see Bamford get his name back on the score sheet today. For as much as he, you know, often deserves pelters for missing obvious chances, good shift that he put in today. And it was nice, even though it was from a yard out. That that's lad. fine, that's all he needs. He loves, range. <laughs> he loves the tapping, that lad. And um, it's just nice for him. It'll just, it'll just get that particular thing out of the way, won't it? That little bit of pressure. It's gone now. What I do want to give Bamford a lot of credit for today is his celebration, because he just enjoyed it, which is all we want him to do. Yeah. Just enjoy it with the same as everyone else. Although maybe you've seen, um, I mean, there are those coronavirus posters that say don't touch your, your face with your hands unless you wash them. So <laughs> maybe he had to, not keeping them away from his ears with that. No, it's good. And uh, tappings are tappings, but you've got to be in the right place to score them. And uh, we criticise Bamford enough when he's not in the right place because we've had that discussion about whether the, the quality of the crosses would look better if he if he got on the end of more of them and is his positioning right. Positioning, bang on, br- uh, I'm gonna. I nearly said brilliant save by the goalkeeper, but I don't really feel like uh, I'm sincere in that because it's Huddersfield goalkeeper. Um, but I think Alex Smithies has really pulled one out. Um, yeah, if Smithies had been in goal today, Ben White scores that. So um, what I'm trying to say is very good header, and yeah, it was an excellent save, wasn't it? And Bamford, the right thing, follow up, put the ball in the net because you never know when it's going to pop out. And now you've done that. Do it again next week. If not next week, do it the week after that. And that's fine. Yeah. And we'll all go home happy, won't we? <laughs> Speaking of Ben White, growing into that midfield position a wee bit today, you thought? He did all right. I still prefer Phillips in there. There was a bit of Ben White over on the right wing, strangely, in the second half. And I was just thinking, this guy's a centre-back. Like, he's no real right to be playing like this. He was He's very, very composed with the ball. When you think about, you know, it's not so long ago Jason Pierce was playing for us. <laughs> Scott which is which is yeah, not, which is harsh well, on Jason what, Pierce because he did some all right defending stuff, but yeah, like, it wasn't worst. But you know, a, a defender who has a single job of just clearing a ball, and then all of a sudden you've got Ben White there playing midfield and on the right wing and doing an all right job of it, and it's amazing, really, what we've what we've now watching versus what we were watching a couple of years ago. One of the things that I enjoyed most in the first half was was spotting that I think 
Ben White is frightened of Gitano Barardi. <laughs> because there were a few instances where I don't think the communication was quite right. I think the fact that Ben White was in midfield and Barardi behind him, I think they got a bit confused because White would be tracking somebody, but Barardi had decided that this was the man he was going to kill. Um, and... Ben White knew he shouldn't be letting the player go, but also he knew that there was this growling Swiss prince. It's like, you know, you know these David Attenborough documentaries that you watch where there's a pack of like lions or whatever and they take down an antelope. Yeah. And then, but then there's a pecking order for who gets to eat what and the best meat will go to the, you know, the king, that kind of thing. It's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? It's the, it's the pack law kind of thing. Yeah, there was, yeah so it's a couple of situations where, um, yeah, the communication isn't quite right and they're both going for the same player and then Barardi absolutely cleaned that player out and Ben was like, oh yeah, yo man, yeah, thanks. There were a couple of uh, Barardi moments in that game. I think there was one was it first half when he went for a bit of a slide um, down near the northwest corner and I went, ooh. Yes, there was. <laughs> I think that's that might be the one I'm, I'm thinking of. He kind of told, eventually told Ben White that he needed to uh, to get out of the way and then it was completely unnecessary <laughs> to, uh, to to wang it out for a corner that hard. And there was another one, the ball kind of dropped in front of him um, and it was a 50-50. And in the process of kind of tapping the ball about five yards, he managed to sort of send his whole body flying backwards, probably further than he'd kicked the ball forward because he'd given it so much aggression just to make sure he, he won this ball. I think there was, um, yeah... The, the the downside will be a few of his passes went uh, off beam and he got a, a yellow card for a mistimed thing. I think some of that was when ben, ben White is in midfield, we get a little bit cranky of people just not being entirely certain. So passes into midfield, he's not aiming for Calvin anymore. He's aiming for Ben White and it doesn't quite work out. But um, the one uh, that when Huddersfield had a shot and it bounced right in front of Meslier and he kind of fumbled it, Berardi straight back there. This ball's going into the away end as hard as I can. And that helped. And it was his usual, like, big headers away. Um, and big headers back in as well. That's what the, the, that period in the second half when um, Huddersfield kept kind of clearing the ball out of the box and we just headed it straight back in again. And they'd be like, no, we we kicked it down your end, Leeds. And we're like, oh, no, you didn't. It's coming back it's again. It's not staying there. You can no, be told that. So there was a lot of that from uh, him and Cooper and uh, Click as well from, from memory. All just like, uh, yeah, you can try and clear the ball, but you're only going to get about 30 yards out because we're just going to put it back in again. Who else stood out for you today then? Jackie Harrison needs a lot of credit. He's, I feel like he's the most unlucky man on the pitch at the moment. He's his shot that hit the hit the post of the bar. It was hard to sell. It was somewhere. It was things. His shots always seem to be the woodwork. His shots always seem to be almost close to perfect. Like mm. he's trying to achieve that thing of putting him in the the top corner where no man could possibly get to it, and he's just not quite there. But everything he's doing is great, and I feel like he needs lots of credit. Some of the I think we mentioned it in the whole game um, that some of his dribbling and close control is spectacular. And when he was Jackie Haradonna going through the middle of the pitch, <laughs> it was um, bit it was a bit of a stretch. Though. You just don't see, or maybe we do see. I think maybe we need to pause and appreciate some of the individuals who held Acosta did some outrageous things as well today. There was a moment as well when um, Haradonna got the ball on the edge of the box, and it was after he'd hit the woodwork. And there was an element you could sort of just see in the way he was trying to line up a shot. Everything about it was, I really, 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 really want to fucking score. Um, and then it, it... A rage kick. He just couldn't... Well, he didn't get it because it was the thing of there being four Huddersfield Town defenders coming in. And so he had to lay it off to the side for Click to have a go. 
and then he had the same problem. But there was something about the way he controlled the ball and then tried to make the space for the shot where he was like, fucking fed up and not scoring. I think Jack Luke Ayling Har- scored fucking twice. I think with Jack Harrison as well, we need to give Bielsa credit for him because he just proved once again that he knows more about football than everyone else because it's, it's just over a year ago that everyone wanted Jack Clark to play instead of mm. Jack Harrison. And you would say now, if someone offered to swap the two back, you would... <laughs> You'd be in tears, wouldn't you? It was, suggested. Uh, it was happening at halftime in every game as well. We'd have Clark for Harrison. And credit to Harrison himself as well, because he, he went... Put to, in the work, uh, he put in the work, didn't he? Went off to New York. He didn't have a summer off. He went and thought, well, I mean, I suppose it must have been nice to be in New York. Um, but worked his ass off, took advantage of all the... I think Man City have a sports psychologist available to the, the lone player, so he went and got what he could out of that. And uh, and just came back and and... Yeah, he did his homework and it's absolutely paid off. You forget he's not ours now, don't you? Well, he is though, isn't he, really? Yeah. He's, he's been here long, but I don't know, last year it didn't. he felt like a lone player. This year he doesn't at all. He feels like our player. Uh, no, I know what you mean. I yeah. want to keep him. We will be. Forever. We, we will. He's going to tear up the Premier League. Him and Luke Ayling as well. You don't, <laughs> hair like that. It's got to the point now, I think, with this, this Can't squad. Can't not be in the Premier League. This squad and this team um, that and Bielsa as well as the figurehead of this. I almost want this for them now as much as myself. I mean, we, you know, we spoke on the um, on the Phil Hay show back end of the week and I was saying... Ding. Well, it wasn't me name dropping, was it? <laughs> well, even so. Well, at least we got some use out of it for £6.19 yeah. anyway. I was saying that I kind of want it to be over. I don't want it to be over. What I'm looking forward to is I want the release now. I want the release, the pressure, and just to be able to celebrate this because hopefully, we, you know, we are going up. Um, for, for, I mean, we need to do it for Mateus Click, don't we? That's the other player. As soon as he said Harrison, I started thinking of Click. Yeah, because he's, he's such a good guy, and he's played every bloody minute of of, of it all. He deserves it mm. more than anyone, probably, because he's he's been there for all of it. But they're also they're also likable for all their own different you know eccentricities, aren't they? It's strange when you started talking about Berardi, my mind immediately flicked to like, I'd be a shame if we go up and he's not there because mm. <laughs> he's he's the one player that's not got a new contract, isn't he? I think he's the only. First team are not under, not signed up for next year. Yeah, and a bit of me feels a slight pang of sadness that that would be would be it for him. Whether or not I think he can actually do it in the Premier League or not, which I do have doubts. He over. looked fine against Arsenal. He did, and I'd kind of like him to be there, even if he's not good enough. Just because I've grown, I've grown fond of him. <laughs> and he's been here. Does it now? Him and and Liam Cooper as well. Um, even when you start to think, what well, I mean, Stuart Dallas was here. In I think the, I just uh, talked about promotion. <laughs> Sorry. Stuart Dallas, who, who was here in the promotion, uh, not the promotion, Steve Evans. Um, Dallas was here, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. been here a while now, Dallas. Cooper, Berardi, um, a- Ailing. Ailing came after with Gary Monk, didn't he? Yeah. He was a, a Monk era one. But there's, um, I think it's standing us in, in good stead, uh, this two things about it. Is one, that a lot of the players are quite old. Click's 29, Ailing's 27, 28, Cooper's, what, 27, 28, Berardi's, is he 30 yet? Doesn't look, a, I mean, he looks good on it. Um, <laughs> Getting better with age, if anything. Yes. Um, God, I mean, you think about, um, name a, an old, good-looking film star, because I can't. George Clooney. Yeah. Imagine um, Berardi when he's George Clooney's age. Anyway, we're going off uh, off topic. So there's two things. I imagine, One, I imagine you'll be living with him by a lake in <laughs> Italy or something. Lake probably. Como. Yeah, just, just chilling out there. I mean, I'll live in his garage. I'll be his butler if he wants. Um, <laughs> if he wants you to live in his garage, you will be I will in live, his garage. Yeah. Um, so the, the age of them, there's the, the, they're not kids. And I think that's helped them respond to the things that 
um, Bielsa's been asking them to do because you you have to be a grown up about what Bielsa's doing. I mean, um, I mean, I'm older than most of the players. I don't know if I could stick to a proper diet like they are and not not be tempted out of it. And then also, I mean, I'm I'm older than you, mate, by a few years, and you can look at this and you can see that it can be done. <laughs> you know, and you then, don't get a body like this without some discipline. That they've been together as well, yeah. for a while. So um, the fact that we only had a few new players last season, but Length of time, Pablo's been here and all this. They, um, they've been through a lot together, and I think it it helps rather than what was happening for many years when we're just shipping players out. Well, we had ship players as well. That didn't happen. That didn't help. But yeah, just mixing it up every season. New new man. This is the first. I mean, this is probably maybe a condemnation of the last ten years. The first time since um, did McDermott start two seasons. No, he didn't start to... I think Grayson was the last person we had who started two seasons. McDermott got through a summer, didn't he? Yeah. So McDermott's the last one who got through a summer. Grayson's the last one to start two seasons. And then as soon as we do that, I'm not saying that if we'd started the second season with Steve Evans, we'd have gone up. But it does say something about just that stability and building. And and even if you don't think the players are immediately brilliant, as as a lot of us did not when we had the first year of, of Victor Automania, time it's taught us patience it's taught us patience hasn't it and now we need to be in the Premier League immediately because I can't be fucking arsed playing who are we playing next week I haven't got the patience uh, for Cardiff fucking Cardiff Cardiff (laughs) (laughs) Jesus why why can't we just play Arsenal I think it's worth as well can we rearrange given that we're talking about you know how nice we feel about everything that it's not been a great week this week for the club um, they've done some things where you'd think you, that could have been handled better. Mm. But you sit here tonight and be reminded that Leeds United as, a, as an entity, I kind of love it quite a lot. It, you're reminded on when, when these feelings start to grow and this momentum builds that even in a difficult week, that there's a lot to love there, a hell of a lot. It felt like it wasn't really an issue today as well, which was the way it, I hoped it would be. There was one song, there was the Kiko song sung after a few minutes and it died down pretty quickly. It kind of got through... Maybe yeah. thirty seconds of it. Possibly it went south stand, and then there was kind of a. I think it got leapt on quite eagerly in the north stand. I think there was a lot of people wanted to get that song sung, and then it stopped after that. So but there, was, there was no. We did it, and it's done. I know it felt like there was potential for it to have maybe put the squad under a bit of extra pressure or something somehow, but. Luke I mean, Hailing scores. I was going to say, yeah, fine. exactly that. I was going to say the goal uh, stops that, it diffuses it all, and it becomes about that day, doesn't it? And not that stuff. I would say about the week in general, I bumped into someone I was, as I was walking to the ground, and the word they used was disappointed. And I think that's been the feeling of, I think, uh, quite a few people like the fact that Angus Kinnear didn't say anything at all in his program notes. It's just a little disappointing because we now we hold this club to higher standards than we did under um, Ken Bates. And we did in, in the olden days. You would you would expect it. Well, it would have been handled much worse. Um, is the thing. So we're not. It's just that little bit of like, oh, this couldn't be. But maybe we're asking for perfection in a very difficult um, situation. It has been one of those weeks where you. Um, it's been very fraught and frenetic and um, constant um, barrage of of information and things to absorb and things to kind of think about um which was one of the i think that's the way i phrased my tweet about the phil hay podcast maybe just like prior opinions prior opinions on pause for an hour and just have a listen and a a think and then um and then we've come through it today and it's um 
it feels a lot better at the end of the game. I mean, that's it now. Racism solved. No, no, I know. It's, it's not. But there's still, there is still work to do with regards to what's happened there with Kiko. But I think what the Kiko thing did over the last week was actually it wasn't so much about the case itself. It's that it involves quite a lot of introspection and thinking, what is it that I stand for as an individual, but also what do we represent as a club, as an entity? What does our fan base stand for? And I think you probably got a fair reflection of that today in the song, the fact that some people will sing it defiantly because they won't be told what to do. And I think that probably motivates a lot of um, the people who will say, well, I'll bloody sing it because he's a Leeds player. But a lot of that is, I suspect, is motivated just by wanting to be contrarian and not being told that you can't. Yeah. Um, But then I remember like 1987, the playoff final on my birthday um, at Birmingham when we lost to Charlton and the fans at the front started ripping the fences off at St. Andrews. And it was the first time I ever swore at a football match to be repeated many times afterwards. But the crowd started singing, it was my ninth birthday, started singing, you're the shit of Ellen Road. And it's self-policed. Mm. And the people who were there on that terrace at St. Andrews sang and made it clear, this is not acceptable. And it feels a little bit like with the Kiko thing, that has happened on a more, maybe a more passive level that there's been more acceptance. And you would hope that the right things come out of it and we can now move forward as a club. And today's a good way to reset our feelings with the club and we're reminded there's a bloody good football team there and we're not just about that issue. The story about that issue now becomes um, whatever happens to Kiko Kassir, he's not going to be around for, he's not going to be playing for eight games. Um, and then there are, there are issues with the FA, how they handle it. The PFA have loads of questions, kick it out campaign, loads of questions and the, the clubs involved, they're all... Um, it's like institutional level questions, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's moved on to that now, and hopefully, a lot of the desire of people, which I wrote about on on Friday, the very very understandable desire of like wanting to move on because we've got a promotion campaign um, to that we that we've successfully achieved. Um, <laughs> the the people that people want to concentrate on that, and th- you can't diminish the importance of. Um, of the incident with with Kiko and the outcome of that and the and what needs to still happen, but we can recognise that what needs to happen as a result of that are things institutionally within football that, um, as has been pointed out, they just don't move forward, do they? And that that's something that we're probably not going to be able to solve over the next few weeks while we're trying to go for promotion as well. So it's um, um, it's a time to kind of yeah, I mean. It, one of the big things about this is none of the fans did anything. You know, the 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 mm. the, the case found that Kiko Kassir has done something. We didn't tell him to do it. That's it. A lot of the outpouring has actually been about introspection, about fans saying, this is how you should think, this is how you should react, whether mm. it's on one side of the fence or the other or somewhere in the middle. But let's return to today then, if we can, because it is the match ball and pick some heroes and villains. Ilan Meslier saved a shot with his arse. <laughs> Never saw Kiko Kassir do that. Sat on the ball as it went through. <laughs> That was good. Well, we rested our key midfielder and our goalkeeper safe stuff with his arse. That's how good we are, right? Do we know how badly broken Calvin is? Uh, no, Bielsa said he was uh, ready for selection yesterday and he did his thing of, and he'll be back in the squad for Cardiff, um, much as Forshaw was going to be. And, um, <laughs> but unlike Forshaw, he came, he was in the technical area at full time giving a big hug to Bielsa and then he was on the pitch and he did his, uh, I think the Pontus, hey, 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 thing. It's now become now. the Calvin, hasn't it? It has become the Calvin. So he's doing that every game and he looked for, he, at one point you ran over to Stuart Dallas and kind of gave him a hug and picked him up off the floor. So he can't be that badly hurt. Um, so yeah, so Calvin can be a hero for, um, for hugging Bielsa. For being the best cheerleader possible. Yes, that's. I think that's what I'm getting at. 
Uh, other star performers from the day? I don't. I don't think we can let the um, don't think we can let the podcast go by without speaking of the the ugly scenes at halftime. <laughs> I did say that was probably. I mean, we talk about a, a week of difficult issues in in football. The most antagonising thing I've seen happen in front of an away end in, uh, in quite a long time. So let's run through it for anybody who didn't sort of know what happened. It was a poem that turned into a marriage proposal. Is that correct? Um, I, by the end, I was I was completely lost. What was I, I can think I can I caught what was what was going on. I don't know the the people involved. And they keep they kept uh, generalising and reiterating that the the people involved have had a very difficult time. Um, so I don't know exactly what that entails, but obviously it seems like they've they've been having hard times. In was their it lives. being frog marched onto the pitch and road <laughs> to do this? Um, they've had hard times in their lives, and um, the the lady involved wants to um, was reading a poem to ask her husband to uh, what do you call it? Retake their wedding vows. Right? Is it what's the word? Yeah. Reinforce. There is a word for it, isn't there? <laughs> um, Yes, to have the yes, yeah, doing it again anyway. What yeah, another, what another party? Yeah. So, um, so yes, so that's good. That's very heartwarming and nice, I think, and I wish them well. Um, and he did eventually he renewing did your vows. Those are the words we were looking for. Renewing, yes, yeah. not reinforcing. It's not like it's not a a, a, a concrete wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put some buttresses. Um, I mind you, a concrete wall as a metaphor for marriage does work to some extent. But um, yes, yeah, so, so it was some sort of a renewal of vows, and there was, was some, there was some booing, and then and I, the, was the poem was structured around. It was all play on words for Leeds players. So it was like living under the same roof, having yeah. a Berardi and Coke and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, the thing was, it was done in front of the because of the way the tunnel is at Ellen Road. It was kind of done in front of the away end, and I think some of the booing may have been coming from. Leeds fans as well <laughs> potentially who were just taken aback by how strange it was and the longer it went on it went on a long time as and well it went on a long time the la- we had to we had to basically put with the full remit of Leeds players from the 70s right through to the, the present day were mentioned and it just got louder and louder the and one- it was it was several people pointed out the the likeness, the likeness, the Delia Smith, let's mm. be having you moment. It kept getting louder because of the Huddersfield fans <laughs> booing. So the louder they booed, the louder she got. She didn't and bang down on it. No, it not she, once I, did she take a backward step on it. She was <laughs> front foot the whole way. I, apparently, she was flicking the V's to them at one point well, as well, which I could say. say. At the conclusion, that's how it kind of peaked, didn't it? The best bit of all that was that. Yeah, she built up to a. Um, so she built up to this incredible crescendo, and and some of the lines I remember it was like that she met him when she was going out on. Um, uh, out on the town with the girls ordered a, a Baradi and Coke because they were going out dancing to get David Batty which like have a um, and then yeah there was about raising the and all this but Boo! Ha- up. a happy ending <laughs> when she uh, he he agreed which is good um, and she then basically threw that back in the face of the Huddersfield fans with um, I, I'm not capable of of replicating the shriek when she said he said yes but it was it was more of a he said it was very long drawn out very high pitched um there was probably dogs alone that could that could hear it once it got into the the upper register um and that's the point where yeah it was basically i don't know if she did actually drop the mic and flick the v's but it was a big big um ending and hero as far as i'm saying i thought it was great <laughs> 
Like I say, I did, there was a time... Bring, bring back the marching band. There was a time during it when I did think somebody is going to run out of the Huddersfield crowd and smack her and it's going to turn into some kind of um, Eric Dyer's um, <laughs> protecting his family incident because it, it felt like it was turning ugly down there. Um, but it didn't. It, it turned into a beautiful thing and I hope whatever bad times they've been going through, they're uh, renewing their, their vows together when I'd, I've no doubt there will be many, many more fantastic poetic speeches made. And I hope it's a happy time. And regardless of what you've been through, you're not going home to Huddersfield. <laughs> so congratulations. <laughs> and you are going to the Premier League with Leeds United Football Club. Heads up then, if you want to get involved with The Athletic, read all Phil Hayes stuff, you can get 50% off with your free trial, theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball. 10% off your legal fees with Levi Solicitors, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Let's wrap it up then and we will... Uh, reconvene again on Tuesday when we will probably think of more dog puns and we will speak to you then The Square Ball Podcast Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.